It's been a rough week here in the United States, and we thought it would be the best thing to do here on the podcast to just have a moment of joy, of fun, of breaking out and just talking about something that we love. So today, let's talk about fan fiction, why you should write it, and why you shouldn't be embarrassed that you write it on this episode of Project Shadow. Hello, everyone. How are you doing today? My name is Charlie, and welcome to this episode of Project Shadow. You might know me better as a sci-fi fantasy writer, C. Dorset, or you might know me as that weird person who does all the strange music, Project Shadow. Also, same name. But hey, I am not alone today. I have with me a Laura Nettles. Hello. And a Cat Leo. And today we are going to be talking about fan fiction and all the wonderful things that it has brought into our lives. But before I get into the chat, would either of you lovely ladies like to introduce yourselves? My name is Laura Nettles. I am a lighter for VFX for movies and film. I movies and film are the same thing. TV shows. There we go. Whatever. I write for fun and I have just gotten my first short story published in anthology today. So I'm a published author. Woo! I'm Kat. Kat Leo is going to be my pen name that I plan to publish under, and I apparently have decided it's going to be the name I use everything under, like everything now, <laughs> including planners, I guess. But I write, in fact, I got my writing started in fan fiction, and that's where the main character in my book actually originated from as an original character for a fanfic. So, yeah, that's me. So a quick hello to everyone who is here in chat. Oh, thank you. You, I've been so down lately and you people have been doing so many nice things that it's just like, I I just can't hardly, I just can't hardly. I don't think that Miss Laura knows what a big deal it is that for the first time in two phones, I have actually changed my lock screen to a picture that she made for me. Like, first time in two phones, I've had the same lock screen because I loved the picture. And then that arrives and suddenly it's like, nope, gone. (laughs) 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 Like, wasn't even a thought. It was just like, oh, that's the new lock screen. Like, y'all are just amazing. Fan fiction to me is the weirdly controversial topic when we have any fandom discussion. Like it's up there with Filk, which I would love to do an episode on at some point where people who are just on the edges of fandom don't quite know what it is. They might have heard the word once or twice, or if they have heard it, have accepted all kinds of presuppositions as to what it is. There are a lot of stereotypes that go into fandom and into fan fiction. And I just have to say, oh, honey, do you think today's fan fiction is bad? I got my start way back when you had to order it from a magazine. Like you had to literally go to a place, put your name on a form, hand somebody money for them to go and Xerox you a copy. 
And that stuff was filthy, y'all. Like the stuff that I read online today and people are like, oh, oh my. I'm just like, what? But this is tame. This is tame because it's on the internet and they know people might see it. Back then, nobody knew if anybody was ever going to read your fanfic. So, oh, those freak flags flew hot. But that's where I got my start. I was writing Forever Night fanfiction, if anybody even remembers that show, which I absolutely love. I got my start writing Forever Night fanfiction because I love me a vampire. I love me a vampire. And uh, LaCroix is kind of my little demon lord that I hear in the back of my head at night. And he makes me feel so much better about the world because, well, he gets mad about it almost as much as I do. I also wrote a lot of Star Trek fan fiction, not gonna lie. I wrote a lot of data stuff because I liked to explore the idea of what does it mean to be human. And I used to write Klingon poetry in Klingon because I learned how to read and write Klingon because what else am I going to do with my life? And I wish I still had the vast majority of the stories that I did, but because this was prior to the digital era really being a thing, I, I have lost. But times have changed so much. And that's, I think, where y'all come into the story. <laughs> <laughs> the first fan fictions I ever found were Harry Potter and anime. This was back before I had a smartphone and I would do babysitting for someone who would take naps. And so I would want to read my fan fiction while they took a nap for an hour or two. And so I would have to secretly print off hard copies of this fan fiction on the printer at home, take it, like make the, the font smaller so it would take up less paper so it'd be less noticeable how much you were using and like staple it together like you stick it up your jacket and like walk to their house and be like, yeah, I got my fan fiction I'm reading while you're taking a nap. So that was fun. I, I'm not sure when I started reading fan fiction. I do know that the first fanfics I've read were the Gallagher Girl series, like fanfic, and also Vampire Diaries book series fanfic. Because I think I started writing fanfiction before the TVD show, but I didn't start writing fanfic until 2000. I know the exact date I published my first fanfiction, by the way. Nice. Because my goal is to publish my first original book by that date. If not before, by that date. So that's how I know. It's July 12th of 2012 is the very first fanfic I ever published. Nice. Nice. It was fun reading Harry Potter fan fiction before the series was finished. Everything would have the disclaimers like later on, like this was written pre Half-Blood Prince. And so you would have all these awesome theories of different ways that things could go because there was no canon yet for how far it would go. And so that was really interesting to see the different paths that stories could go back then before series were complete. Just a weird side note on that. This is, I think, what has poisoned Star Wars fandom in general is it's not called fan fiction if it's a fan theory. They, they try to make those two sound different because a fan theory is smart because you've done all of your criminology and looked into all of the things. It's not fan fiction, honestly, honestly. This is what's definitely going to happen, <laughs> right? 
but it's fanfic it's it's them writing a fanfic of what they want to have happen in the next movie the next book the next whatever and the thing is you don't have the constraints of the lucas story project knowing what's going to be happening in future projects so it has to stay within this window of possibility so you your mind can go crazy and you can come up with all of these amazing ideas that they can't do but because we don't call fan theories fan fiction and give them this like air of credibility, right? Because websites that would never, ever publish fan fiction knowingly do theory posts. Because it's on these legitimate news sources who also have like leaks from the set and everything, it gets confused for actual news. When it's not, it's somebody's fanfic of what they want to happen in the next movie. And then they're all upset when they go to the movie and they're like, they didn't film my favorite online critics fan fiction. <laughs> I was how dare they? How dare they? It's just it's so not right. I just think that that's something that doesn't get said enough. Fan fiction is many things, and it is many splendid things. Journalism, it is not. No. One of my favorite fan fictions is actually written by a notable author, but aren't licensed to write Star Wars IP. And so they published it as a fanfic and it is amazing. It is one of my favorites. Emperor Palpatine is so evil in that one. It's a whole thing where like, it's called Heir to Empire Sun, I think, where um, Luke gets adopted by the Organas instead. And so uses the force to find a missing earring for his mom and they're too close to Coruscant and Emperor Palpatine feels it and is like, uh, that's a force sensitive kid yoink mine and just raises him in the most cruel environment you've ever seen in your life to become like M- Vader's nemesis and like oh my gosh it is so well done and just uh, I, I love it so much but it's written by a fully fledged author who just wasn't licensed for Star Wars and so they just went wild with it and gave it to us for free and it was amazing And that's the power of a good story. I love that we have alternative versions out there because I know as a queer kid coming up and as a queer adult who gets really upset at the lack or the really problematic representation, sometimes it's the only way we can see ourselves in these franchises. And, oh, there are so many movies that I would like to go back and, like, make my headcanon into the full story. This is something that I hoped would become a thing. When Amazon tried to do their Kindle Worlds, where here's a licensed setting, you can sell your work, you can make money off your work, as long as you play within these rules. <laughs> like, you can, in each franchise, could come up with the rules that they wanted to put out there. And I was hoping that something like that would take off. Because, one, you never know where the next great idea for your franchise is going to come from, especially if you're a multi-billion dollar company. That's a great seedbed to start growing ideas from. And two, nobody's going to be happy with everything that officially releases. So giving them a way to have their alternate stories. And yes, we can explore that in fan fiction. I just think it's a missed opportunity.
I do know that Vampire Diaries was part of it because that's how L.J. Smith was able to continue writing the books how she wanted to write them. Ooh, say something about that because that that just is because both amazing and I after period. a certain point, L.J. the Vampire Diaries series and the Secret Circle series actually were removed from L.J. Smith and actually given to ghostwriters. Because they didn't like where she wanted the stories to go. She took them an outline, and that was how she wanted it to go. And they said, no, that's not what they wanted to happen. So, and her contract, I guess, was technically up. And, like, this was after the show had started or was in the works of going. So, L.J. Smith, to publish how she wanted the stories to go, released them as fan fiction. So, actually, if you go to the Vampire Diaries book series, like, Wikipedia page... It mentions, like, these are not technically official, but L.J. Smith is the actual writer of them. And then they actually tell you who the ghostwriters are that wrote them, that were not her. Because I remember, because I own, like, all of them to a point. Because it got, like, I read one of the books, I was like, this doesn't, something about this doesn't feel right when I was reading it. And then the next book, I read it and was like, this really doesn't feel right. And then I actually fully looked at the cover even more. You gotta be careful because... With some books like that were so popular, and be like, oh, inspired by or created by is a great term that means that author's not writing that anymore. And the fact that, like, I didn't actually understand fully, like, because I'd already been reading fan fiction, like, I could tell, like, between different authors, sort of, but, like, I'd never, like, between different, completely different authors, like, actual authors, I could tell, like, a difference in their writing. But then I was like, why does it feel like this book in this series that I've read all of feels wrong? So, I was trying to find this. I, I have... I, I'm kind of a fandom fanatic, and anybody who has, like, followed the podcast for a long time knows that like I get really deep into fan history and so I'm currently looking through the Neo Fans Guide to Fandom from 1955 by Bob Tucker that has a list of words that are defined so that when you hear this at a convention you know exactly what people are talking about. The first actual entry in here related to fan fiction is for the entry Fan Mag, a fan magazine, a booklet, or journal produced by the fan of his own or other, for his own or others' amusement. Also called a fanzine, or and I kind of wish that this phrase had taken off instead of just zine because FMZ and FMZ, because okay. Yeah, we just call them zines, honey. Anyway, fanzines are reproduced by minio, mimeograph, hectograph, spirit duplicator, lithography, and the printing press. A charge ranging from $0.05 cents to $0.35 cents is usually made for each because the editor simply cannot afford to give them away. They may be as small as one or two pages, or as large as hundreds of pages. They contain fiction, nonfiction, verse, and artwork by the editor and other fans who are invited to contribute to his pages. This material is not paid for in cash, but in free copies of the magazine. Naturally, the quality varies widely. I want fan fiction to be delivered to me in a magazine. <laughs> 
don't you know? I remember I that. I that monthly. I'm not gonna lie. I'm like, sorry. I'm in a Sidra magazine full of fan art and fan fiction, and here you go. <laughs> Once a month, you do ten bucks a year or something. I don't know. I, I love reading through the history of this stuff. Like it goes on to talk about the difference between a one shot and a fi- and a pro mag, which is one that actually pays people. <gasps> shock, shock, and turns people into pro fans who you have to watch out for because they often think way too much for themselves. And then it goes off into a whole bunch of slang that honestly. I just want to bring back. But the other reason I wanted to bring this up is the first time, this is the first reference I've ever been able to find for it. And I was watching several newer fanfic videos to get ready for this. And they always brought up the BNF, the big name fan. This in 1955 actually has a (laughs) two entries back to back that I think go really well together. Number one is the BNF. The big name fan, a person who is well known or has made a solid reputation for himself. This is usually accomplished by participating in fanish affairs or a, for a long while, or by publishing a superior fanzine, or by consistently writing or illustrating in a manner identified with quality or by any number of ways which keeps your name before fandom in a responsible manner. Responsible manner. <laughs> I love this so much. That's why I wanted to just point out that the next entry in here is for the LMJ, the loudmouth jackass. <laughs> Please. This is me. fandom is shot through and through with jackasses. There is no need to tell you how and where to find them. They betray themselves. By their brain. See to it you don't become one. I love this book so much. <laughs> I love this so much because you know when you start looking back into the history, it's it's so us. I'm, I'm not going to read the whole thing because it goes on forever. And I just love this artifact because when you start talking about, even when you talk about Sherlock Holmes fandom, people are like, well, I mean, it wasn't really fandom like we know it. And I'm just like, no, this is 1955. This is fandom as we know it. And I can prove it to you because you will read through this and be like, this is somebody's I'm leaving Tumblr post. This is somebody's final page on their Wattpad where they're like, I'm done. I'm done. I also love that the last words in the zine are welcome to the jungle. So one thing that I love about writing fanfic is it's a great jumping off point to start your writing journey because there are worlds that are already somewhat formed, uh, depending on which fandom it is. Uh, It could be super fleshed out, a whole series, a whole TV show, or it could be just like, I don't know, whatever your fandom is, but it's a great jumping off point. And then not only that, but once you start writing, You're getting instant feedback once you post and you can level up your craft so much faster because you get feedback and you can get beta readers who can help point out your issues for you and be like an editor to help you level up. Going back, I haven't done it in a a while, but I do have some old fanfics on fanfiction.net. I will oust myself a little bit. So I wrote a one shot for Naruto. I wrote a little bit for Rise of the Guardians. 
which by the way, my short story, my flash fiction that just got published today is slightly a flash uh, fan fiction about Jack Frost from Rise of the Guardians if he snapped and tried to kill humanity. So, yeah. (laughs) And then I even have the dark past. I wrote for the Lorax. It was not Oncest. It was not that. But it was about the Onceler and his long-lost relationship with his dad who gave him his guitar. So, that was fun. But, like, fan fiction is, is great for learning how to do the yes and no but. So you have your world built, you have these characters, and you want to take them on your own journey. You say, does this part of canon happen? Yes. And this also happens. Or no, but this happened instead. And so it's a great way to lead your characters along that are already like a pre-built D&D kind of character. They already got their stats and everything set up for you. And you can just go along with it and see where it leads. So I love fanfic. What Laura said about it's such a way to, because you get immediate feedback. That's mm-hmm. actually the reason my parents encouraged me. Because a lot of parents don't. But my parents were just like, do it. Just go for it. Do you need anything to help you with this? Like they were willing to like get me anything. And they're like, oh, that my stepmom helped me figure out how to download Word on my computer correctly. And like my siblings were all just like oh do you want me to read it for read it with you or do you want like ask me to just review this with you i'm like no (laughs) just um just give me your support (laughs) um i'm not sure i don't write anything like explicit or anything but at the same time i'm still like i don't want uh no (laughs) type of thing so like that's like things to fanfiction, I actually got the courage to actually start writing more than just like actually truly like because I used to just take any original idea and just squish it down and hide it. I didn't want to share it. It actually because my poor father, my poor poor father, he did not care a single bit about fanfiction, the Vampire Diaries, or anything like that. But the man listen to me probably once a week rant and rave about fan fiction or a fandom that I was into at the time and he like was like now how would you make it different so how are you gonna like or I would explain what I was writing to my dad um because I have this really open relationship with my dad that I'm like well I will talk to my dad about anything and I mean anything so having him be like, so how how are you going to change that? Or, so what are your plans for next in this story? Because now I'm invested. Like, I think once or twice my dad actually, like, a couple of days later was like, hey, did you finish that thing you've been writing? I kind of want to know. <laughs> What's great about fanfic as well is it doesn't just have to be a regular story format. Because there are fanfics, like, I did one that I did, it was the first fanfic I ever wrote. So... I did it very crappily as, like, posts on a chat. Very terribly, I might add. Like, you know, I probably wouldn't just hate this so much if it was images. <laughs> Looking at it, I'm just like, oh, God, what did I do? Okay. Up, like, it's, it's amazing how it actually can do interesting things with the family. Because before I knew what fan fiction was, back when I was probably about eight years old, 
I started drawing a lot. And I started drawing my own He-Man comics and my own Transformers comics. I would draw out all the panels and write all the little things that they say and the descriptions and everything in them. And then I would, I, I drew them in such a way that I could fold them up and put a staple in the, in the middle. That's when it was done, is I stapled it. And my dad would read them. Like, he would come home from work and ask if I had a new comic book done. And he would read them. And to this day, like, he doesn't know much about any, like, Star Wars or anything like that. But he still knows stuff about He-Man and Transformers and Star Trek. Because those were the things that I was drawing those silly, like, eight-year-old comics about, which you can imagine how good they were. He must have been precious. <laughs> the comics that we made were for Captain Underpants. So we were classy. Hey, I made Pac-Man and his friend comics. Because I loved that cartoon when I was a kid. That was, that was, I think, the first one that I ever did was drawing Pac-Man and Pinky and all of the, like, Ms. Pac-Man and Pac-Man Jr. and stuff, running around doing stuff. And all of my favorite things that I love to do, they started there. Like, they started in fandom, whether it's the drawing that I still love to do today or writing stories. Like, if we're going to give our hearts to something, in so many ways, I would rather it be a silly vampire or these kinds of things because they really do both teach us how to like honestly how to live like it's also just informed so much of my career and everything that i do a lot of my inspiration comes from things that i've watched and things that i've read and so i pull from them and so as i was writing my first draft of my adult sci-fi I was pulling from a Harry Potter Full Metal Alchemist crossover fanfic where wizards need to have physical training too to be able to dodge a spell. Like, yes! you have Biz Ed somehow in your Dumbledore's army. Like, so Edward Elric literally throwing things at people to make them dodge and practice running around the room. Like, and all the wizards are like, what? So I had to incorporate part of that into my, I'm an ace pilot, but you can't run worth beans on land. Like you gotta be able to like train the body to train the mind kind of thing that I learned from Pullman Alchemist. So just all these things come into play. But it was interesting growing up because in my house, there was a taboo about fanfic. Everything was like anything fanfic had to be dirty. Like that's the only type of fanfic that existed in my parents' mind. And so it was very like I'm reading at night. Like I'm the kid that would have printed it off and been like, "Oh, you think it is? Here, read this." This is so fluffy. It took until last year for my parents to finally realize oh fan fiction has been good for you it's like thank you parents thank you like they were supportive of me drawing captain underpants comics based off of the books by dave pilkey sure. fabulous like they were supportive of that they were supportive of my little stories that i would write that were actually lord of the rings fan fictions because i would spend pages just describing the horses that the characters are writing because it had to be like Tolkien, so 20 pages for the Council of Elrond. I wrote stories that were like the Eddie Dickens trilogy where random terrible things are happening to the main character, but my main character was Captain Jack Sparrow. So just like random things. And they would always say, what's the point if you can't sell it? And so it's 
it's been a great opportunity now that I have been starting to write my own kind of things that I don't have to file serial numbers off of. It's been great to be able to still have all those influences in there. And like that, that's, that's your mind. You steal from greatness so you can mold it into your own little thing. <laughs> we as writers need to get over this idea that everything we has to we do have has to be for profit because as somebody who's been doing this for a long time, I know a lot of people that have been doing this for a long time. When you make money, the ruby dust is strong with you. The fairies came in, they gave you money. Yay. Like you can market. There's a lot of things that you can do to control that. But there's also just weird whims of the market of just people aren't interested in maybe the cover was the wrong color and you didn't realize that. I mean, there's a lot of stuff there. So if you're not enjoying being a writer, stop. I I really, I mean, this can't be said enough. And, you know, I would probably be pilloried if I put that on the actual author tube. I actually recorded that as one of the shorts. Like if you think if you're doing this to make money, please stop. You'll destroy yourself. Like it's it's not because this is not the kind of industry industry you should get into because you want money. You should be doing it because you enjoy it. And hopefully (laughs) you will also make the money because yeah, there are things that you can do to encourage the money to happen. You know, so much of writing is not writing. Like if you want to transition over into making money, there's a lot that goes into that. If you're not doing it for sheer love, like if you can't write fanfic because there's no way to make money off of it, you are not going to succeed as a writer. You're just not. You burn out. It's, it's too much pressure. I saw, where was it? CB said, sometimes I wonder if I'm ever going to move beyond fanfic. The answer is, I doubt it. Why would you want to? Like, honestly, why, why would you need to ask yourself, why would you want to move beyond fanfic? If you're just writing for the sheer love of writing and you're enjoying what you're doing, it doesn't matter. Don't let anybody pressure you into thinking that you have to go legit or whatever phrase they're going to apply to it. Honestly, my dream job that I feel like everything that I do is my audition for is I want to be a tie-in writer. I have friends that are tie-in writers. I want to do that. I want to get paid to write fan fiction on script on spec. Like that's what I want to do. Like that's my dream job. Like I've got two friends that every time I talk to them, I'm like, so, uh, have you heard if uh, Del Rey is looking for any writers? Yeah. <laughs> it's like the conversation somewhere because. So, how I'll see, like, my a dream that I have is, like, to know that I've truly succeeded as a writer once I've actually published original work is if I find fanfiction on something I've written. Like, if I find just one fanfic, I will be okay, my dream has been achieved. I am a writer. I'm legit, like, not just that, like, yes, I want to be an author, an author with a capital A, it's like how I like to put it. That means, like, I've published something, whether it's my real name or a pen name or whatever. I published something. That means I'm an author. But, like, if to, like, if I see a fanfic, I'm like, somebody felt enough about something I wrote to do that. That's like the ultimate win in my mind. I guess going to a convention and seeing somebody cosplaying is the next step up for that from like having a finding a fanfic in the wild. Like if you went to a convention and saw somebody cosplaying one of your characters. Oh, I think I would die. I'm not going to die. I I honestly think I'd be like, 
<laughs> yeah, just swoon. <laughs> just freezes like. <laughs> yeah. I've known enough writers over the years to know we're so riddled with guilt and anxiety and imposter syndrome and oh let's just layer like 12 or 13 other things on top of that that pretending that our fan fiction isn't writing is bullshit it's something that just has to end because one, if nothing else, look at it as it's the warm up for your. If, if you really want to put, publish something and have it under your name and actually make it go at an original franchise, it's warm ups. It's it's practice. Like, do you know how you learn how to play guitar? You play other people's songs for a really long time before you ever try to write your own song, right? You want to learn how to play piano? You play other people's songs. But I find it odd that like in every other art form. You literally learn how to do it by doing somebody else's work. But when it's writing, no, no, you have to be original. You have to be a genius from day one. Here you go. Here's your pen. Write the great American novel now. And we wonder why we all have imposter syndrome, <laughs> right? Normalize fan fiction writing. And also the fact that people don't realize, like, I'm pretty sure my teachers never realized that I was actually technically writing fan fiction for assignments. The... What do you think is going to happen after the story? You're just telling me to write a fanfic. Yep. What's going to happen at the end of the story? That's, that's what you're telling me. Just not as detailed. Or what point in the book would you have changed? I've had both of those assignments. Yeah. I would put it in a coffee shop. The biggest thing that I think has happened in the the last, uh, what, 10 years now, is the, this mass importation of fan fiction being converted into, I don't even want to say non-fan fiction, because most of the products actually still read better if you know where they came from. They're just novelized. Yeah. They're just traditionalized. Uh, traditionalized? That might be a good way to put it. Traditionalized? That's what I'm going to call it. Traditionalized. Traditionalized. And while, like, Ostensibly, I do not have anything against this idea. I think that fan fiction is not a good place to A-B test literature. It really doesn't work that well. Because what works when you're on a fanfic website is not the same as what would fans of this genre like. And this is where I feel that a lot of these translations haven't worked. There are things that I like as fanfics and only as fanfics. If I read it in an actual book that I paid for, I'm sorry. Can I turn this book, please? When I can read something that's better written than it for free. Yeah. And I have done that. Well, I didn't return the book. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was a gift. <laughs> but I was like, I've read a fanfic better than that. So have you guys noticed or do you think it's a trend to have more problematic relationships as characters in fanfic or in traditional? Or is it just, I find the bad ones? I'm just going to speak to traditional for a minute. I think traditionally published work has realized that they can sell the controversy better than they can sell the book. I think a lot of work has been published lately because they think they can market off the controversy of people talking about it and thus sell more books. And I think that that's becoming a real problem 
with both traditional publishing and I think you can see this with some streaming services as well that are starting to pick things that they know are just going to cause people to rage. Fanfic wise, so maybe it's just the fanfics I choose because I will be honest, some of the shows I watch are the ones with love triangles and because that's in so many shows. Um, I'm also the person that I want everyone to be happy. Can all of you just get together together? As long as no one's program for the win. Yep, yep. Like, as long as no one's related, I will, like, root for all of y'all to get together. I'm just disturbed by real people fanfics. Please never mention them to me again. Yeah. Even though I just read that. You never read it to me. But please never mention that to me again. I'm just disturbed. <laughs> things that are, like, real-life fanfic. Like that. Like, where in a fandom, with the actors instead of the characters, I'm like, no, this is not okay. Unless we are entering an alternate universe and they are meeting themselves, this is not okay. The only only exception I make to real people fanfic is the Shipped podcast, because it's the people being shipped, reading their own stories together, and it's funny AF, (laughs) because they just want to, they just, the suffering, the suffering. They brought it on themselves. They created an entire podcast where they encouraged their audiences to ship them together, and they are reaping what they sowed. (laughs) It's delicious. Like, if you don't want the horrible, horrible imagery and stories, don't ask for them. The internet shall provide. The internet has stories for everything. Like, oh my gosh, I can't even remember what channel it was, but like they were doing fan requests and they request the most horrendous fanfics about Teletubbies that are 18 plus and it's like, everything exists out there. Oh, oh my everything god, exists what is happening? Please don't remind me. Everything exists out there. This is the internet. It's it's all real. Does anybody have any closing thoughts that they would like to go through before we get into our outros for this evening? Any kind of words of wisdom or just please, 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 please stop. Just stop. Just stops. Because... Please stop writing fan fiction about real people. Yes. Reread what you wrote so you can patch stuff. <laughs> I mean, just maybe I'm disgusted by you. And just to make my quota, because, you know, I will be kicked out of my personal favorite fandom if I don't find a way to sneak in my favorite fandom every time I get a chance. The coolest thing about this band is, he, as he said himself, I looked at myself in the mirror and thought, I am not a rock star. So I started writing stories about who I thought was the ultimate rock star. And that's who I pretend to be on stage. So he's basically performing his own fanfic of his own band every time they go on stage and i freaking love that because that that's what's more rock star than that right also tag your fix correctly there is a tagging system on ao3 people use it tag the triggers tag even if sometimes even if it's a spoiler you can also put like hashtag spoiler tags if you must and can I just say, if it's a spoiler that there is something triggering in your story, your story may be too predictable that they see the hashtag and immediately know who's going to have the triggering event done on. Like, just saying that this bad thing that could trigger you is going to be in the story, if that actually would count as a spoiler, because the story is so obviously written that anybody seeing that would go, oh, so this is going to happen to that person. And, then and this is going to happen. Only about one person. This is 
Like, mm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <sighs> so much. But yes, normalize fan fiction. Normalize fan fiction writing. This is. I, I think fan fiction is something that should be taught in schools just because... It's such a part of our world. Well, not only is it a part of our world, but when you're actually teaching people grammar, I remember having to write sentences. I remember being given my composition book when I was in school. I don't know if they do this anymore, what the modern equivalent is, but they would actually make us, t- you know, write stories. How does this end? How do, how would you tell this story differently? Dot, 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 dot. Let us actually do our fanfics. Kids would be more engaged. I want to say that... I probably got more of a writing education from fan fiction than I got from my education because my school, I'm not sure how much they realized they did this, but I was in either 11th or my senior year, which was AP English, but I was in advanced English classes my entire high school or career. And my teacher, who the reason I'm not sure is because I had her both junior and senior year, if I don't remember which year it was actually, she had to sit down a group of people that were juniors or seniors and reteach us grammar. She gave us worksheets that we should have been doing in like the third grade. Like she she had to go back that far because they taught it to us and just assumed somebody was going to build on it and no one ever built on it correctly. My writing advanced so much just from writing fiction and having that immediate feedback of people reading because I was writing chapters as and posting them as I went and I didn't know what editing was for the longest time because I also didn't know how to fix any of those mistakes. I want to thank everybody for being here with us this evening. I really enjoyed this and this is the kind of conversation that I like having when y'all bring it up and we can sit back and actually discuss something that's meaningful to not just us, but like the discussion that was going on in the chat. Y'all are telling some interesting, interesting stories in there. And I just want to thank you so, so much for being here. Laura is about to go over and do the book launch for her new anthology story. Shiver, a chilling horror anthology. Nice. So... If you're not already waiting in the lobby over on uh, <laughs> Laura's channel, definitely check that out. That's so exciting. Thanks for having me. And just in case anybody didn't notice, I actually released my first original single in a very long time. And I'm really excited about it. It made me happy. It made me happy to do. Like, this is literally what I was doing to keep my sanity together over the last several days was putting this song together. It is up on this channel. You can watch it on up here already. It is going to be out on every streaming service within the next five days or so. They were very vague about that. But I tweeted out a link so that you can pre-add it to your library if you are a Spotify user because you can already pre-add it to your library on Spotify. And for anybody who is signed up on my Patreon, it is there to download for all of my patrons. And it's up on my coffee as a name your own price, which you can set the price to zero. I will not be offended if anybody does that. It's up on also up on my coffee as a name your own price. So if anybody wants to listen to my song, finding joy, it's in all of those places because it brought me joy to make it and I hope it helps somebody out 
I don't know that it's going to appear on the actual album, but it was a song that I needed to do. So, anywho, having said all that, thank you so much for being here. Now, more than ever, I just need to say it as strongly as I can. Black lives matter. Black trans lives matter. Trans identities are valid. And until next time, may you find the courage to ride your dreams into reality. And don't forget to have the fun. Bye.